0: Yes. Back and better than ever. I hope so. But we have an amazing guest today. We love when we bring guests on. We do. And that's going to, that is going to
1: help us out. Yes. You know, because mm-hmm. it's been a minute since we've recorded, but it's always good when we have a guest, yes. right? we yep. got a little like, little crutch, a little like, little person to bring in. <laughs> bring help part, us out. Part of the Working Mommy Manuals Network. Yes. She is a working mommy, and that actually is Kat Wilson, and that's Nicole Corning, and we are the Working Mommy Manual podcasters. We are and coming then, to you live from
0: my closet,
1: the podcast closet, the podcast closet. We
0: love it though. I think it's an upgrade from our podcast fort. Oh my gosh, we used to we used to like take over Sammy's room, who had a bunk bed, and we would put blankets around it for acoustic. <laughs> yes. we were real. It was our for, uh, excuse me podcast fort. Oh, because my brother was like. You gotta you
1: gotta muffle the noise. Yeah. You gotta you gotta deaden it. You yep. gotta have a better acoustic vibe. So, so we did.
0: We brought blankets in, set it up. We That's tried how my we closet started.
1: for a while. That was too squishy and weird. Oh yeah, that was This we is can... a closet, but it has been turned into a podcast yeah. closet.
0: It's comfortable. Usually I mean there's room for you and I definitely and our guest hangs in the door. Yeah. And our, guest like and our guest today is Jenna Turner.
2: Hello, Jenna Turner. Hello from the doorway <laughs> of the closet.
0: <laughs> she's one of my very good friends. We've known each other for years. And uh, she recently actually just um, bought her business, her practice. You so. know what? Can I can yeah. I talk
1: about how awesome she is? Yes, she's, Cause I, she's cause awesome. Please do. Because <laughs> yesterday, <laughs> Kathleen and I were scrambling like, Wait, What is her title? Wait, what does she do exactly? <laughs> and what's so funny
0: is, I'm out having drinks with my buddy from high school, and Nicole's like, Can you get what? What is all this? And I, so I email her back, and I go, or text her back, and I'm like, I'm woohooing right now. It's a good question. I'll find out and let you know. <laughs> I'm gonna go back to my beer. And this is what Kathleen came up with after day drinking. Yeah, let's like, see. Yes.
1: <laughs> so I'm gonna, I am gonna read it because it's impressive. So Jenna's the owner and executive director of Pediatric Speech and Language specialists, And it's in Scottsdale, right? We have two
2: locations, but our main one's Scottsdale. What's yeah. the second one? Chandler. Okay. Chandler. Okay. Mm-hmm. Is
1: that a newer one or was Chandler first and then Scottsdale? Scottsdale was first.
2: Excellent. Yeah. All
1: right. Jenna has worked with individuals with exceptional needs since 2006. She received uh, both her bachelor's degree in elementary and special ed and her master's degree in um, special education with endorsements in assistive technology, which that I I want to dig into that a little bit <laughs> from Northern Arizona University. Hey, she was a special education teacher for several years before returning to um, University of Arizona for her master's degree in speech language pathology. She's so this is why I just always knew like Jenna's does something with speech and kids. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, we can't just say that because it's more important than that. Um, she's certified by the American speech language hearing association and is licensed by the Arizona state board of examiners in speech language pathology. So funny that like it, it's not just she does kids in speech like it's you're such a big deal. And thank you for being here today. We yes, are so course. grateful. We yes. Her.
0: And what's really cute is how last year when we were at our Barons Conference in Nashville. Oh, yeah. We were I was at Jenna's house for dinner and she's like, oh, I'm going to be in Nashville that week. I'm like, I'm going to be in Nashville that week. And so we, I was like, come meet us out because everybody had gone to bed that was with your crew and we were still out. No, we had drinks together. No, no. she sure. Oh, her, sure. Her people crew. Her people like,
1: I'm like, your crew is going hard. <laughs> we do go your hard. Your crew is going hard. No, she yes. was with a bunch of like smarty pants. And we were, we were people from the financial industry. We're barely let out. And yeah. when we are, we just party. Yeah. We really do. You guys did party. Yeah. We did. It was did. so yeah. fun.
0: It was good. And but I no one was like messy. Out. No hmm? one was messy. Mm-mm. No, we never, no, we never get
1: messy. No, but we had a yeah, we had a good time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we like to dance. We like yep, to party yep. on
0: Broadway. Yep. yep. There was like some nineties music involved. It was a good time. It was fun. That just the country vibe of the whole thing was phenomenal. So anyway, not
1: only is she a smarty pants and works with children and helps m- improve their lives, but she is um, she's a fabulous wing woman when it comes to nineties mm-hmm. dancing and <laughs> drinking. Yeah. So I think I think that's a well rounded sign of a person, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, so funny. I was out to dinner with my husband last night and we were talking about you coming on the podcast and we had, he's, he kind of had all of these questions. I'm like, look at you, <laughs> you being all involved. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. So I've written some questions down, but That is a very impressive resume. Tell people what you do. Like, what is your day-to-day? What is your, like, what do you go in and help people with every day?
2: Yeah. Well, so my current day-to-day is a little different than it was prior to purchasing the practice. That's true. Really, we see a range of kids in the practice. I would say the youngest is typically 18 months old is generally. Um, This last week I saw a seven-month-old, which was interesting, but we typically don't see that young. Um, All the way up to, I think my oldest client right now is 26, but I started working with him, gosh, when he was in high school, so he's kind of stayed with me. Um but yeah so we work on a range of ages we work on speech which is basically how you produce your speech sound so when people think of a speech pathologist they usually think of oh my r's are messed up or my s's are messed up
1: Hey Boston Yeah <laughs> exactly, <laughs> r's <are> up. <laughs> exactly.
2: Yes. Um so we do work on that um we also work on language which then is broken into receptive language which is your processing your understanding um, in a classroom, it would be like being able to follow directions or listen to a lecture and then answer questions about it. Um, and then expressive language, which is your ability to formulate your thoughts and ideas and get that language out. Uh, we also work on social communication. So, um teaching kids about, you know, how we interact, why we interact, why we should care about interacting with other people. Um, so we do one-on-one you therapy. you teach all the
1: millennials that?
2: Yes. Well, <laughs>
1: <laughs> pick up the phone. Look people in the eyes. Uh-huh. I, know. I know.
2: And I always tell parents that even adults could benefit from our social groups. Uh, yes. yes. So, um, uh, yeah. So we see clients one-on-one throughout the day. And then we do do social groups also. So we have kids ranging from usually like preschool, so four years old. Um, we have a early elementary group. We have a tween group, we call it, and then a teen group. Um, the teen group is my favorite. It's very weird how you kind of stumble into what you're most interested in working with. I love working with teenage kids who need a little bit of help with that social interaction. Wow. Yeah.
1: That must be really difficult.
2: It is isn't. it isn't. Um, it can be hard at that age because a lot of parents are hoping for their kids to interact more or have friends or be part of the popular group or whatever it is. And sometimes by that age, kids know like, hey, I'm cool with just my one friend or I'm cool not having a big group. Or So it can kind of be finding the balance between what the kids want at that age, young adults basically, and what the parents want. Mm-hmm. Um, but I get it.
1: OK, so you mentioned you had a seven-month-old. When do when do people typically say, man, I need to go see Jenna?
2: Yeah. So uh, for the most part, like I said, that was the youngest that we've seen. And that one, the older sibling also came to our practice. So the parents were just kind of
1: like just in case
2: yeah all yeah. right
1: that makes sense yeah
2: but really for us like I said 18 months about a year and a half is generally when pediatricians will start referring to us um, because that's at the age where you know they say kids should have you know at the at the smallest amount 20 words that they're using um, but really for us we're looking for more like 50 to a hundred words
1: at 18 months at 18 months yeah okay and do pediatricians Are they the gatekeepers? Like they're the ones saying this person needs to come see you?
2: For the most part, yes. The referrals come from the pediatricians. Um, I would say like 80% of our referrals probably come from pediatricians. Um, And usually it's because the kids aren't saying any words. And so the parents are coming in and going, oh, I saw my friend's kid and they're, you know, talking all these words and then my kid is not talking at all. Um, so yeah, we have the kids come in, we do a full evaluation. We kind of look at their play skills. We look at their gesture use. We look at, um, their pragmatics or their social use of language, kind of how they're using to interact with other people. And we can give the parents kind of at that point, a really good idea of where their child's at. And then if we have any recommendations, if we recommend therapy, um, But yeah, so I would say the pediatricians between 18 months and two years is when we start to see most of the kids coming in.
1: So there are a couple of good pieces of information that you gave. So benchmark is there you're looking for, did you say between 30 and 50
0: words?
2: Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't have to even necessarily be real true words it can be something where you know the kid says duh every time they see the dog Mm -hmm. so you know it means dog and the kid knows it means dog that still counts as a word even if it's not okay correctly said well that's good
0: when brooklyn was like Started calling herself Brooklyn, she called herself Bucky. I love it. <laughs> she was Bucky. like, Bucky's ball, Bucky's ball. And I'm like, it was Bucky. And then I was like, I think she's calling herself Bucky. She's like, It's That's my cute. little friend. Red Run, <laughs> I, you know, and and Nicole and I talk about this a lot about children and when they misuse words or mispronounce words. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we always corrected our kids along the way but like with Bailey our youngest I couldn't correct Bailey I was just like um Bailey called the remote a marote and so I just thought it was hilarious so one day (laughs) Bailey came to me and he's like um mom is it a marote or is it a remote and I'm like "Mm, it's a
2: remote (laughs) (laughs) and those things are so cute and it's like we don't really want to correct those yes. cute things. Right. Yeah. It's,
1: it's when it's problematic. Well, and the reason I ask about the pediatrician thing do you think all pediatricians look for these markers? Are they trained to look for
2: them? So they have guidelines that they look for. Um, most pediatricians will take more of a wait and see approach. Okay. Um, and I find that this is kind of one of the things about mommy groups on social media a lot of parents will say oh well my kid didn't talk until they were four and then all of a sudden they just started talking in sentences so it's fine like you don't your kid's fine you don't need help um and so i always say it if you could provide your child support why wouldn't you right because there's always the chance that something is wrong and they're not just gonna start talking at Mm -hmm. four
1: well Mm -hmm. and that's that's a great point and that's the point i was hoping that you would make because you know, like the medical community, I have no problem with the medical community. I love all my doctors. I But, you know, if 80% of your referrals come from the doctors and not all the doctors are referring because they're taking this wait and see approach, Mm -hmm. I think it goes back to that if you're a mom and you have that gut sense, you know, that little like, I don't know about this. I think... So could could have, could someone just call your practice and, or a practice like yours mm-hmm. and say, "Hey, I just want to bring my kid in to be evaluated."
2: Absolutely, yeah. We have people. One of our um, intake questions is, "How were you referred to us?" And so a lot will be their pediatrician, but a lot more now are like Google or Mommy Group on Facebook. Um and there's actually a really interesting study. I don't remember um who did it, but they were looking at You're in the right place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're in the right place. Keep All going. Right, Perfect. Keep going. Um but it talked about when they were screening for different disorders and and you know, disabilities, things, what's wrong with my kid? One of the biggest indicators that there was something wrong was parent gut or parent intuition. Yeah. And so I always tell parents that, especially when they come in and they go, Well, the pediatrician said it was okay, but we really just wanted to come in mm-hmm. and almost 100% of the time when the parent's concerned there is something there to be oh, concerned about. And
1: I, I, we've all seen it.
2: Yes. We've yeah. all seen it.
1: Right. And I think that, I and, and correct me if I'm wrong too, I have, I have some friends who have children with autism or mm-hmm. on the autism spectrum and I through them I gathered that the earlier you get intervention to help the easier it is for them for the rest of their lives. Yeah. And is that similar with speech Do you call it speech therapy?
2: We call it speech it's technically speech language therapy speech but language therapy. yeah, speech so therapy. So with speech language therapy mm-hmm.
1: is is it the sooner that you get some kind of support the easier it is for them
2: for the rest of their lives. Exactly. Because if you think about it, if you're, you know, ingrained in your speech pattern or ingrained in whatever habit it is for five, six, seven years, and then you go, okay, now we need to correct this. Now we need to change it. It's much harder than when you're getting it right at the beginning. And there's also so much research on neuroplasticity where, young children's brains are changing so quickly. And so the earlier you get in there, you're helping them make new connections and, um, change those patterns. So
1: I just feel like there's no, if you're, if you're a mom or dad and you're listening to this and you're thinking, Hmm, something's off, Mm -hmm. you know, like Mm -hmm. I, something's off and, Like, there's no downside, right? I mean, what like, how much is a consultation in general, like, in your field? Like, if someone were going in, not just for your practice, Mm -hmm. but, like, in general, if someone's just like, hey, I just want to get my kid checked out... Now, does insurance cover
2: it usually? So it depends on your plan. That's right. Most insurances will cover an initial evaluation. Okay. Um, But then in terms of if they cover therapy or not, that's another story. Mm -hmm. A lot of plans now are moving to what they call a rehab policy, which means they'll cover speech and language therapy if you had your language skills and lost them. So cancer, brain injury, sickness. Mm -hmm. But they won't cover it if it's developmental, which the majority of children we're seeing are developmental. What the? And and parents don't know they have a rehab policy, and how are they supposed to know to ask? So they'll say, oh, we called insurance, and they said it's covered, but then we'll call and they'll say, Oh yeah, they have this bulletin on their plan and it's rehab only and so But it- if you
1: have like an HSA, you can use your you can HSA use- to
2: <laughs> cover those costs. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um so- Which I love
1: that it's like covered in an HSA and it has to be medically related. Mm-hmm. But like it won't be covered by insurance. Right. So clearly like it's medically related, but insurance is like, oh, we're not gonna cover that. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, it's crazy. Uh, I, the insurance we talk about that all the time yeah. me it's over exactly. The edge. Yes. Um, okay, Re- refocused. I'm getting <laughs> off my hatred for that. <laughs> I <laughs> for share the it. So, yeah. oh, it's, it's so, but, but either way, you know, if you, if you have a gut feeling and you bring your child to get evaluated, mm-hmm. that doesn't necessarily mean you have to sign up Correct. for 15 years of mm-hmm. twice a week. Um, intensive therapy.
2: Right. And really at the young ages, especially a lot of the therapy that we do is parent training. So we have the parents sit in and we explain, you know, here's how we're doing this. Here's what we want you to try at home. Here's specific homework for you. Because obviously we see the kid for half an hour. The parents are with them all the time. So we do a lot of parent training. And even on the initial evaluations, we'll say your child is pretty age appropriate. We're not going to Diagnose them. We're not going to recommend therapy, but here's some handouts. Here's some things that you guys can do at home. And if in a couple months you've implemented this and you're not feeling like you're seeing progress, then let's kind of, then we can talk at that point. But I think a lot of people think, oh, you know we just are going to we we're a business so we just always are going to recommend therapy no. which is not true we want to make sure we're providing service to people who actually need it and you know it's a time and money commitment so we want to make sure that it's actually needed
1: well the thing is too children at that age can't advocate for themselves mm-hmm. right and they they as a parent you know to your point that when you t- take your kid in to see a, their pediatrician, they're seeing them for 15 minutes, yeah. right? That's what insurance will cover. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if they're like, well, we're going to wait and see. It doesn't seem that bad or that, you know, in 15 minutes – I don't know that I would let that doctor's opinion supersede the day in, day out, everyday interaction of me with my child. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, so, and I, and and I, like, again, I love my doctors. I don't like healthcare companies, but I do, (laughs) I do love my doctors. Um, and it's, you know, nothing against them, but
2: we have a great referring network of pediatricians that we've worked with for a really long time. Um, my son goes to uh, a big practice in the area and they refer a lot to us. So it's really kind of nice because I can see them both as like a business partner and also my son's pediatrician. Ugh, um, that's great. And they're wonderful. So we have some really great, so I don't want to say like all pediatricians are saying, wait and see, we have some really great referrals. No, also. But
1: that's, And that's the point is that there's you know, don't my point is don't just count on your pediatrician to pick up on it. Right. Yes. Right. Don't, don't be like, well, I've had this gut feeling and, you know, someone else has mentioned it to me too, like maybe a sister or a mom or someone else who like sees the kid all the time. But you're like, well, the pediatricians never said anything. So it's like, you gotta be your child's advocate. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So speaking of benchmarks, I had this like idea in my head for years and years and years, and I'll tell you where it came from. But that, Girls develop language more quickly than boys. That's, um,
2: that's true. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> yes!
1: You didn't make it up. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Speaking of – okay. So my friend Erin and I um, each had two bo- – uh, we each had boys about the same age. And she had a friend in from California who had a girl about the same age. I can't even remember how old they were. Maybe like four or five or something like that. I, I mean, they were young. And literally, the boys were, like, grunting. <laughs> I'm not kidding. They were like,
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: and the And the, the little girl was talking in full and complete sentences. And I was horrified the entire time <laughs> <laughs> we were all hanging out together. And then I called my friend the next day. I'm like, Erin, I am so glad you and AJ were there. Because I swear to God, if you weren't, I would have thought something was really wrong with yeah. Jack. She's yeah. like,
2: I know, right? So yeah. No, there's definitely... Um, That girls will develop their speech sounds on a quicker rate than boys. And yeah, a lot of, I mean, it's not all the time, but there is research there. In fact, one of the tests that we give, so when we give a standardized test, we compare the child to other children their age. And we have charts and things that we look at for each test. And on one of the speech production tests, there's actually a different chart for boys and girls because girls will develop their sounds sooner than boys. I'm gonna call Erin back. I know (laughs)
1: know (laughs) our sons are ready to go to college, but I'm gonna be like, Erin, remember when? (laughs) We weren't wrong. No, we weren't wrong. Um, okay, my husband came up with another question okay. for you too. So right. he's an identical twin.
2: Oh, okay.
1: So his he has four older sisters. He and his brother do, and the sisters absolutely swear on the Bible that they had their own secret language. Yeah. Is yeah. that a
0: thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, <gasps> is. it is a thing. They call it twin talk or yeah. twin vowel. Really? Yeah. How yeah. do you know about that? I've known about it for years. As a matter of fact, we have a new employee, and he has two uh, twins, oh, and yeah. they twin talk all the time. And he said they sound like minions. They have their own language. <laughs> <laughs> I love That's it. That's a thing? Yeah. yeah. Wow. And uh, you know it makes Peter. Me- you- <laughs> Peter, I hope you're listening to this episode. You yes. were correct. Your yep. sisters were correct. Yes. I mean, does do they have any examples of what they would say? I don't know, but now I'm gonna have to call them. Yes. As soon as we're done yeah. here. I'm I gonna mean, be like ladies. What so when they're twin talking, is it um it's just their own form of communication? Are they talking about words or things or you know, they call things differently? They
2: or? yeah, they understand what each other are saying. It's almost so one of the developmental stages that kids go through is called jargon. And it sounds like another language, like minion talk. Yeah. And they clearly <laughs> <Yeah>. know <laughs> that's where they got minion yeah. from. <laughs> they, they clearly know what they're trying to say right you know they're trying to tell you something but you have no idea what they're saying and that's a typical stage kids will go through and then as they start getting more words and learning how to combine words that jargon kind of goes away but so twin, it's basically a version of jargon, but they have meaning for whatever they're saying to each other. So mm-hmm. that's
1: wild. That's yeah, yeah. funny. Oh,
2: now I am gonna have to. I'm gonna reach out to the sisters.
1: They're much older than the boys, yeah. And so they they'll were like another. Oh, they'll totally remember. Mm-hmm. They'll totally remember. Um, I have another question similar to that. Okay. So our our second child is a total introvert, and Peter reminded me that he. He it took him forever to talk Mm -hmm. because my high spirited son is my firstborn, so he would basically just do everything, just run roughshod Mm -hmm. over Sam, be -hmm. like, "Here's what we're gonna do. Here's what this is gonna." And so he is that. So Sam spoke much later. Mm -hmm. um, And now thinking back on it, I probably should have brought him to see you, but I was like, (laughs) I'm like. "Eh!" He's a boy. We'll give him some yeah. time. but is that a thing for uh, for se- like second or third children to have delayed speech? It is.
2: Look at you, you're just Whoa. getting a mom <laughs> But
1: that's the other thing is that I so I didn't I didn't I didn't do any research. I literally mm. talked about this with my husband at dinner last night and we were like, what about this? What about this? So again, like as a mom, you see your child day in day out. So if you're listening to this and you're like, you know what, I have some concerns Mm -hmm. that like, why wouldn't you just take your kid in for a consultation
0: just to check? What age would you say? You know, I know that kids start usually saying words around one, Mm -hmm. you know, they start kind of, you know, I think, or maybe even like earlier than that, like mama and dada, stuff like that. But um, when would you say like following your gut instinct, should you reach out for a consultation? You know, that's, there's so many factors, kind of right. like
2: you were saying, Nicole, like if we, when we're doing an evaluation, we'll ask, is there an older sibling? Does that sibling seem to talk for them or kind of do everything for them? Um, because in that case, their needs are already being met, so they don't need to talk. Yeah. Right. So mm-hmm. we always ask questions like that, but also Sam can be a little lazy.
1: <laughs> <So> <laughs> <I could> t- <laughs> Jack's like very aggressive and Sam's kind of lazy and laid back. So yeah. I could see him being like, Jack's got it covered for me. Yeah. Well,
0: you know, and uh, not to interrupt, but so there is a... There's That's what a, we do. I know. There is this uh, bar, in a local bar that we like to go to. Are we to. bringing back a,
1: something to do with children to a bar?
0: Yes, okay. you are. Well, because okay. I think that... So there's a lady who works there, and um, she's wonderful. She's so sweet. I cannot understand anything she says. She mumbles everything. I is call her Mumble Is she like that mumbles? Brad
1: Pitt character from... Remember that like, he played some... like. Oh, God, what movie was it? I don't know. There was some, and he like couldn't, he made up like his own language basically. Anyway, I'll, I'm going to look it up while you're talking. I have but,
2: no idea what movie. Yeah, you're I will look <laughs> it up. I yes. will look it up. I will look it up.
0: So it's, she's so hard to understand, literally. I, Is like, it an accent? No, it's not an accent. She just talks mumbles, like mumbles, like rocks in her mouth, like can't, does not. Um, articulate her words. And so I remember when I was young, I'm a fast talker and I can't slow myself down. There's nothing I can do about that. Would speech therapy, would have that helped me if I was younger? Um, so we definitely do work on rate. So how quickly kids talk because
2: some kids are super fast talkers. I am a fast talker. And um, one of the types of therapy um, when you work with fluency, so kids who are stuttering or have disfluencies. Is modeling we call it Mister Rogers' speech. I don't know if younger people know Mister Rogers, but um, he (laughs) He like hello Hello, children, no hello neighbors. Yes, yeah. But that really easy, slow voice, and Mm. so I always have to check in and remind myself to slow down. Mm -hmm. Um, So it wouldn't be something where if that was your only issue, we would work with you insurance wouldn't cover it if you wanted help with it we would definitely do it but it's more so it would be as part of therapy for other things okay, okay. the movie snatch
0: oh gosh uh, you know and he plays you can't understand he
2: plays, anything in that movie well <laughs> so he plays an irish boxer <laughs> yeah. like an irish traveler
1: boxer or something like that and yeah and he had his own language okay. so anyway he his mom should have brought him in to see you yeah <laughs> yeah
0: well, and back to like being a fast talker, when I was young, like second, third grade, my grandmother always said, Kathleen, you have to slow down and enunciate your words. <laughs> she would say it just like that every single time. So people will say, you've talked very fast, but very clear. <laughs> and I'm like, that's because my grandmother made me. Well, you know, what, so I grew up
1: in Boston, and I don't think I ever had an accent, even though both my parents have accents. But, um, but anyway, I was... I was always a fast talker because I that's northeast. You yeah. talk quickly. And I remember when I went into my first career in politics, I wanted I I wanted to like I I wanted to just slow down and be taken more seriously. And so now I feel like I don't talk very quickly. People are always like, I wouldn't think you were from Boston. I would think you were from – I get California all the time. Oh, I can see that. So mm-hmm. I'm like, do I have that, like, laid-back
0: speech now? No, that- I no? don't think so. Okay. No. No.
1: Because but- I'm not a laid-back person. No,
0: she's <laughs> so very I type A. I- I'm very type A. <laughs> all three of us are I very type gonna say. A. Yeah. Uh-huh.
2: Um but well speech therapy is interesting because we're a pediatric clinic so we mostly work with pediatrics but it's a, such a large field there are people who work on accent reduction mm-hmm. so a lot of like foreign business people will come to America and work with a speech therapist or sometimes dialect coach but it's it, within the field of speech therapy mm-hmm. to reduce their accents um we do transgender voice therapy so when people are you know male to female or female to male teaching them the speech patterns and things for the yeah you guys i gotta go off on a tangent okay because you just reminded me of something
1: okay you know how they just enacted that um the anti-drag in public in 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 tennessee yes okay so i was um i went hiking with joe yesterday and he's like it's it's really an anti-trans bill disguised as an anti-drag bill, because if someone is trans and walking down the street, someone could accuse them
2: of being in drag, of
1: being in drag, right? And then they're breaking the law. So so all this, so, so all like, and there's something like 385 um, local and federal bills right now being proposed that are anti-LGBTQ and anti-trans. Which is part of LGBTQ, but yeah. I I want to I called out trans specifically because there's a lot of coded, nuanced bills that are really at the heart of it geared towards, um tor- towards a trans community. So yeah. I like this whole thing in Tennessee. I know it like makes me oh, so mad so, and sad, it's but it's so like ridiculous. It's like yeah. someone just walking down the street living their life, you know, and and now you have criminalized it. Yeah, it is. It's, it is just, it's appalling. So, so I say this because I, I was like, well, they're just not, they're saying they can't do it in public and it's not like the worst thing in the world or whatever. And, you know, we give up things by inches and then we don't realize what we've, you know, then we look back and we're like, oh my God, we like, we gave up all those rights. So rest assured, this is not about drag. This is about targeting the trans community. It's just mm-hmm. ridiculous. So, yeah. so you should be pissed and up in arms when you see things about... And drag is an art form. Like, mm-hmm. who the fuck gets to outlaw art? Right. I'm sorry. Right. So All right, so we can go back to talking about <laughs> speech. But this, I just... Because I've been like, well, just, I, yeah, it's not great, but it's not the worst thing in the world. And then I was like... Oh, shit. It is the worst thing in the world. Yeah. You have now criminalized people being who they are. Yeah. That is... Sad. It's it's reprehensible. We mm-hmm. live in the United States of America. Mm-hmm. If somebody wants to walk down the street wearing a goddamn dress and lipstick and they have a penis, guess what? Right. They can just do it. What about like all these men showing up to award shows in skirts and dresses mm-hmm. who are looking fabulous by right. the way yes. right. but now so that's criminalized right. like who says what's drag and what isn't no you know no. I, I anyway so yeah so get out there and vote people and do mm-hmm. not be fooled these are not innocuous these are yeah. chipping away of uh, at vital rights that each and every one of us have and i'm here in like cave creek arizona which i would <laughs> argue like i know we're like probably pretty conservative but i think that Cave Creek is much more in Arizona is much more libertarian. They're mm-hmm. like, yeah, just don't mess around with me. Like mm-hmm. you go do you like I I don't think pe- I, people There, there are out trans kids in our school district, mm-hmm. you know, who have mm-hmm. full support. Like mm-hmm. it's it's anyway, you, it's just back off, yeah. back off. Yeah. Stop making laws about my uterus and, <laughs>
0: so and true. the
1: people's ability to wear what they want to wear and what they feel comfortable yeah, in. Right. So anyway, yeah.
0: back to our
2: regular scheduled yeah. program. Uh, the thing is, the people who are making those laws are not representative, at least of the younger generation that I work with. They are so open. When our social groups, we have a couple different children who they say, oh, my pronoun is they, or I am, what is it, non-binary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and the other kids are like, okay, cool. Right. I mean, right. Kids <laughs>
1: literally, literally don't care. Yeah. And, The the other thing, this was interesting, too. I was um, talking with a friend of mine and her son, who's a a sophomore in high school this year, again in Cape Creek. He was talking about his friend was dating this girl. And she's like, well, wait, wasn't that girl dating girls in middle school? He's like, yeah. And she's like, so she's not a lesbian anymore? And her son looked at her like she was the dumbest thing. And he's like, (laughs) mom. We don't use labels anymore, <laughs> and I'm like, I love it. Yes, yes. I yeah. love it. Right, you know, that's good. So, um, anyway, we, sh- yeah, it's um, the I, the we younger have, generation will save us. Yes, yes, yes,
0: I think so. And we need to have Joe and Pasquale back on the podcast to keep it, you know, talking about all of that. Definitely, and
1: opening my, eye. you know, I here I am thinking I'm such a, an well, ally, and I like, it's like, I get it, and then I mean, I'm like, I didn't even goddamn think about that. Right, it's, it didn't even occur to me. Right, so anti drag is anti trans, and it's anti human yeah. as far as I'm concerned. Yes. Okay, so um, speech, speech. <laughs> circle back around. So okay, so so speech. So how so? How young of a client? If if you have like a trans client mm-hmm. that's try that's transitioning or transitioned, how young do you like see patients?
2: So uh, we don't have anyone at our clinic that specializes in that area. There's okay. usually some you would go see a specialist who focuses on that. Um, I know at like the ASU Speech and Hearing Clinic they have people who go there. Um, that you could work with. But usually it's more adults that are transitioning. Yeah. That are getting that because really at with children, there's not so much of a difference. Right. Once until, you know, you hit puberty basically. So it's really, I've seen more adults that work. Got it. Mm -hmm. Got it. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah.
1: And usually there are medical centers that have like protocol for transgender Mm -hmm. or for you know, teens and tweens who are transitioning and they would have resources for that. Yes, exactly. Okay. So um, I'm going to look and see if I have any other questions. We came up with quite a few questions. Um, Is there anything you think that people need to know about the work that you do that maybe – is mischaracterized or it's like they might not understand it?
2: So I think one of the big ones is that we only work on like the R, the S, those kinds (laughs) of things. It really encompasses so much more. Um, One of the really interesting things that's popped up recently is um, Miss Rachel. She's on YouTube. She's a social media star. She's a music therapist. So she does not represent herself as a speech therapist. Is
0: this your, Ra- your Rachel? No, no, no. No, no, okay. no. I've this seen like- it because
2: she just came out with something about pronouns and yes. people like went Yes. Bananas. So she does a lot of really good songs and um, videos for kids. And so we always say it's really if you're going to have screen time, it's really quality screen time. But what a lot of people are doing is saying, oh, I don't need to go get speech therapy because we have Miss Rachel videos and uh, that's just going to work. Um, so I think you're like, you're not going to become a doctor by watching ER.
0: Some people think so.
1: I, I know. know well, but you
0: won't. You remember back in the day, it was like, I think it was the electric company and they had the silhouettes. One,
1: two, three, four, five, six, seven,
2: eight, nine,
0: ten, eleven, twelve. <laughs> 10, 11, 12. 12. <laughs> do, do, oh da, my do, 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 I don't
1: know that
2: one. <laughs> How old are you, Jenna? Thirty. I'll be 39 this year. Oh, <laughs> I had she's a about baby. <laughs> she's a baby.
0: But remember, they would have those silhouettes and it would say like, um, they would put words out there like syllables and they would have the syllables to pronounce something like, you know, um, like. Apple. Yeah. Or they would say like. apple, And then oh, they would yeah, have yeah, the words. Yeah. Remember? yeah I, I do. Had, I saw a retro. I saw we were out somewhere and it came on TV and I was like, oh my gosh, I forgot about that.
1: I it? loved Electric
2: Company.
0: Me too. I forgot about that
1: part. Oh, wait, about you're it talking though.
2: about the T V show. I thought
0: you yeah. meant like APS,
2: like <laughs> the electric company. <laughs> <laughs> this makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Now. Yeah. The, yes. The it was on
1: PBS. Yes. Right? That it was like way more right sense. Right around
2: Sesame Street time. <laughs> I was like, why is APS making videos? <laughs> But it was like reading rainbow, Sesame I Street, electric company. Yes.
0: Can you sing that song? Reading rainbow, reading <laughs> rainbow. It was like a butterfly Fly in the sky. Oh, yeah. I can go twice
1: as high. Yeah. Take, Take a, a look. look. It's in, in a book. book. <laughs> I can do anything. <laughs> oh, you went hard. for it. I love it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. Reaching uh-huh. in the Wayback
2: Machine. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. anyways, so yeah. I know I'm like, and videos I'm like singing. The Electric Company do not <laughs> replace if your child needs speech therapy. Clearly. Yeah. Kathleen, I are your examples of that. It's not
1: all based on The Electric Company. Yeah. Go get professional help. Yes.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So
1: what are the milestones? What are some general milestones for parents out there who might be I don't know, experiencing that gut. And you know what? And sometimes we do get that gut when we compare Mm -hmm. to other children. And so maybe give some milestones that parents should be aware of.
2: Yeah. Um, And I'll definitely preface this by saying we're seeing a lot of delayed milestones um, related to COVID, related to the kids who are now two, three years old were home alone or home with their parents and no other social interaction for years. We're still seeing people who are like, we just started taking our kid out this year. That That is my, so my niece is turning three, April 1st. Mm-hmm.
1: And she was born literally right when like COVID started. Yeah. And she just has had, um, she's just gone to preschool or whatever, mm-hmm. right? And, but it was like, her and my brother and my sister-in-law and he has terrible asthma. So he's like super shut in. And I mean, this child, like, bare, like, you know, they've had, they had, they had play dates throughout, but it was like,
2: I, yeah, I could see where that is has an impact. Yeah. So we have so many parents who come in and they go, he's super shy. He may not even open up. He may not get out of my lap because he never has to leave. Um, and we're pretty, we're pretty good. So usually we can get the kid engaged and get them out. But, um, so a lot of the social milestones where they're, you know, imitating other kids and kind of babbling back and forth with other kids, parents are like, I don't know, because, they're not around other kids right
0: you know so I was the firstborn in my family and my mom said that when I was little she, she's like they just never they didn't she never baby talked to us we were never mm-hmm. baby talked to but she said I finally realized I had to start talking to you because you would just walk around the house barking like a dog <laughs> <laughs> And then she said, "Oh no, I know, and she's like, well, I better start talking to her. So then my, um, then it became, I wouldn't call my parents mom and dad. I would call them Beth and Dan because oh they gosh. called each other Beth oh and Dan. God. And my mom is like, what am I doing? And it's hilarious.
2: <laughs> That's so funny. And so motheries is what we call that baby talk where you're,
1: oh, you're such a cute little baby. Oh, my God, and I never did that. No, Some yeah.
2: of that is fine. And really what it is is it. Tends to leave out non important words. So, words, so then when the kid's listening, they're focusing on like baby or cute and they're not having to pick up like and the is. So, they're able to kind of learn information from that. So, um, there it is might be fine from an it. educational
1: standpoint, yeah. but I swear to God, I it like it's like nails on a chalkboard. Yeah. I am like, stop it.
2: Yeah. What we Save pa- that language
1: for when you talk to your dog. Yes. Right. Is, Who's
2: yes. my pretty boy? Yes. Yeah. Who's my pretty boy? Yes. That's how I talk to my dog. But <laughs> um, but what we tell parents to do instead is what we call parallel talk and self-talk. Okay. So uh, the self-talk is you talk about what you're doing. Okay. Mommy's podcasting right now. Mommy's sitting in the closet. Oh, look. I've got my headphones on. We have our computer. So you're talking about what you're doing. Mommy's what if my kid me- is like, my mom's in the closet? Yeah. <laughs> she's gonna come out of the closet. She'll come out eventually. <laughs> yeah, but she's in there. Yeah. her friend Kathleen and Jenner and <laughs> Yes, yep. Um, So yeah, so you talk about what you're doing. Um, And then the other one is parallel talk where you're talking about what your kid's doing. So, oh, you have the blocks. You're stacking the blocks up. Oh, look at that blue block. Oh, you knocked it over. Um, Kids learn language through patterns. So if every time they're playing with the blocks, they hear you saying, oh, you're playing with the blocks and you have the blue block, that's how they're going to start learning language. So I remember when my son was really little, my husband was like, do you ever stop talking? Because literally, it's like stream of consciousness. You're just talking all day long, but that's how kids learn language. Oh, that's a really interesting, that's very interesting. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's very interesting. So I guess we didn't go back to the milestones, milestones. Yes. but um, that's one of the things that I tell all parents when they come in. And I usually try to say, you probably do this without even thinking about it, but let's focus on it more. Um, so generally, the milestones we start to look at Between six and 12 months is when our kids are starting to babble. So you start to hear like that, ma, 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 da, da, da. Mm -hmm. And what you want to hear is kind of a range of sounds. So it's not just like, ah, 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 but they're different consonants than vowels that they're using. And then around one is when the first word starts popping in. And it's usually something like mama or dad, dad, because those are very easy. You can see how those sounds are produced. It's very easy to see mom every time, mom, mom, she's moving her lips together. Right. Or dad, dad, dad. Those are the easier ones. So that's.
0: Right. Yeah. We did that with Brooklyn. I remember we were sitting in a restaurant, and I would always say to, I would talk to Brooklyn all the time, I'd say, mom, 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 mm-hmm. you know? And so she's in there and she's in, in her little. and she's like mama mama dada (laughs) (laughs) of course i was like what yeah and dill goes ha (laughs) ha i know right (laughs) she's just like and there you are
2: and
1: she's your child Yep.
2: yep so yeah those are usually the first words is because those are the ones that are easier for them to make and they're more visual so easy for them to see ball all those kinds of things that are kind of on the front of your lips there Um, And then as they start going from 12 months up, they start picking up more words. Between 15 to 18 months, like I said, pediatricians will say, let's look for 20 to 30 words we'd be looking really more towards like 50 to 100. When they talk about milestones, they say this is kind of the bottom. So your kid should have at least the 20 to 30. But when you look at average, it's more with the higher numbers. OK. And so the And again, um, it doesn't have to be true words. It can be representations mm-hmm. of words. It could be signs, You know, if your child signs for more. For bilingual children, we would look at if they can say banana in English, and they can say it in Spanish. That can counts as two words. Oh, I
1: also heard I also heard that if you raise a child bilingual, mm-hmm. their speech is typically delayed, but then it like it all evens out and yeah. then they have two languages.
2: Yeah, so they're learning both languages, so they may seem to have an overall fewer number of words that they're using, but again, they have the representation of it in both languages, so that counts as you know as two, two words right. right and we always tell parents they'll come in and say oh should we not be speaking our our other language is that too confusing for them and really the research out there says keep using both languages especially if it's a big part of your culture and your home life there's no reason to stop using it yeah. um so really we'll tell families no absolutely keep using it but for the kids you know maybe say it in you know Spanish and English so they're hearing it paired um because Unfortunately, when we go out, English is the language that most they're gonna, hear. That they're gonna hear and use. Mm-hmm. Right. Um I also recognized when I went to Mexico
1: last week and people didn't understand English that I was like, What is wrong with you? Yeah. Like, and I'm, <laughs> like, I'm like, Okay, slow your roll, lady. You're in another country. Right. They like you got to learn how to speak their language. And I've been doing Duolingo. So oh. I thought I was like already and I cannot. So, understand. OK, let's
0: talk about the Hawaiian language because you oh just came gosh. back from Hawaii. <laughs> I did. yeah. And, you know, you, from what I understand, you're supposed to read it exactly how it's spelled. Like. Can-a-lop-y. or I don't know I can't even <laughs> yeah. do it but I mean is that they have a lot of
2: um double vowels and so uh, someone told me that you're supposed to pronounce every vowel so like Hawaii like Hawaii mm-hmm. they say both or um I don't know some of the roads I just <clears throat> could not even figure out how to say them but no um every language is so unique it's so cool I've been trying to do Duolingo for German so I grew up in Germany. Um, probably till I was about 10, we lived over there. Um, so I took German. We, My dad was Air Force, which is why we were over there. But um, So I spoke a lot of German. But then when I moved to America, no one really speaks German. So I lost it. So now I'm like, I'm going to try to relearn. And it's much harder as an adult oh, to wow. learn another language. I feel you yeah.
1: because <laughs> I... Um, just got tickets from my oldest son and I to go to the Cure concert together. And I'm like, I need to like listen. So I was just listening to Cure songs. And there, I totally remember them, but I'm like one, like I'm, I'm like not quite remembering and I'm kind of off. Mm-hmm. And um, so anyway, I feel your pain yes. in learning an entire new language yeah. because I can't <laughs> even remember Cure songs.
0: Yeah.
1: And yeah. that is like, you know, not mm-hmm. a big deal. Yeah. But hopefully if you spoke it. Until you're ten, mm-hmm. wouldn't does it come back more easily?
2: Not really, not it, for me, anyways. But oh, yeah.
1: is that brain elasticity, uh, goddammit. it! Huh?
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, it only so. gets worse being ten yeah. years older than you. I'm <laughs> here to tell you, it's
0: ridiculous. The other day, I was trying to find the word uh, obstacle course, and the only thing that was coming to my head was intercourse. <laughs> <laughs> Like, you know, the thing that you run around on, and they were like, Um, and I'm like, The only words coming to mind is intercourse, but it's obstacle course. <laughs> <laughs> that was awful, yes. Oh, and we my. call that
2: anomia. There's a name for that <sighs> oh. the tip of the tongue where you can't remember the word, and it gets worse as we get older, definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll say even um, so, my husband uh, has we think long COVID. He's been just having a really hard time recovering, but he's got brain fog from it, and he'll be uh, like, "I cannot think of words that I want to say." Oh um, no! All of the things from COVID that we're all COVID
1: still was it? trying <sighs> to
0: get through. Yeah. I
1: also, I anecdotally, I think we're having some kind of resurgence because in COVID, only because I've heard of like two people mm-hmm. in the last week mm-hmm. who have gotten COVID. Right. So really uh-huh I, I know I went and time. got it well because I thought it was allergies but I was like I better be safe so I took a COVID test but
2: mm-hmm.
0: yeah yes I know we had both kids had colds last week but they were just colds. yeah so we tested them for COVID and they were fine I'm like you're going to school I think it don't so, sneeze on anybody so sad that
2: my son is so good at COVID tests now he'll be like all right just you know shove it up there because every time there's a cough or a sniffle at school they'll be like you have to have a negative COVID test before mm-hmm. you can come back yeah
1: and well you know, and now like so you own your practice. I own my Mm -hmm. practice. I, I can't afford, like, I'm not going to go in and get people sick because it shuts everything down. Also, you know, I service a, um, population that would you know, really not do well if they were mm-hmm. exposed to COVID. Right. right. So yeah.
2: we had masks, um, until January, we've been wearing masks in our clinic, which makes it extra hard for speech therapy. Um, we oh, had clear yeah. masks so you could still see but it was awful, but we were considered a medical facility because right. we take health insurance. So we were going by the CDC recommendations and that was for healthcare workers. If there's moderate spread in the community, you should still wear masks at work. And so then we had the horrible flu season. So we were kind of like, well, maybe it's a good thing. We kept masks. But as of January, we had so many people complaining. And I was like, well, we're just going to be done.
1: Yeah. I think, you know, at this point, it's like you've either gotten the vaccine or you haven't gotten the vaccine. You're either going to wear a mask or you're not going to wear a mask. Mm -hmm. You know, my mother wears a mask everywhere. Although, you know what I really hate, honestly, and I don't know if any of you have noticed this. Have you noticed selective masking?
0: Well, like, random people masking up? So, like, okay, so my
1: cousin's in town from back east. Um, She's my mom's age. She's 70, 70 in her 70s. And when she first came to my house, she put a mask on. And I'm like, okay, whatever. Like, I don't care. Whatever. You do you. Um, We'd also had a big fight last time I had seen her. So, um, you know, but the, and then I was, like, nice to her. And then literally the next time she came over, she didn't wear the mask. And I was like, I feel like that was, like... I feel like your mask is like like announcing something else. Like there's
2: another intention. Virtue signaling. It's, like right. Look like, how good of a person I yes. am because I'm wearing a mask. Or like I'm still know? on
1: guard about you. Or like yeah. Um. Uh. Anyway, I I feel like people are selective about it, and that yeah. and that's I mean I that aggravates me for yeah virtue masking where I'm like either wear it all the time like my mother wears it everywhere yeah you know. Mm-hmm. Um, she's probably going to outlive us all, but she wears it everywhere. Um, so either wear it everywhere or don't wear it, but don't wear it in front of certain people at certain times and not other times. Like, it's like, you're either afraid you're going to catch it or you're not afraid you're going to catch it. Yeah. And you think the mask is going to help. Anyway.
0: Right.
2: that's I still wear one if I'm sniffly sometimes, like, I mean, common courtesy, like I'm not going to spread it to other people. Yeah. So, I mean, I definitely respect if you want to wear a mask if you don't but be consistent i guess yeah well i've in. just started to
1: notice it it yeah. hasn't like i'm it's not i've just been starting to notice that people will mask at certain like certain times and not at others but yeah. it's like arbitrary yeah you know
2: well being in arizona we're a we're a breed of our own here we so are. masking um <laughs> Nobody masked in Arizona. Nobody masked in Arizona. Um, I had some people who had mesh masks, like decorative mesh
0: masks. Oh, I'm wearing a mask.
2: You're like, I mean... Right.
0: When I went up to um, Washington last year, in February last year, so it's been a year, um, I kept forgetting to put my mask on. And I'm like, I'm from Arizona. Wild, wild, (laughs) wild. COVID was over six weeks after it started. totally. You know. You know, in
1: our defense... We are a very outdoorsy type of place. Mm -hmm. Like, even during COVID, Mm -hmm. like, restaurants were shut down, but we could eat outside. And you can eat outside pretty much year-round here with, like, misters during the summer or whatever, right? Right. Heaters during the winter. So we're more outdoorsy. I don't know. But anyway, I could imagine that would be real hard with speech therapy. Yeah,
2: it was definitely Um, So when we finally said, okay, we're not requiring masks anymore, we had some families who uh, requested that their therapist continue to mask. Yeah. And so we said, okay, that's fine. No.
1: Yeah. Well, because the thing is too, I think from a medical standpoint, you're up close to people Mm -hmm. and you're seeing them like in regular intervals. So it's like, you know, we don't see the general public that much in our office, right? But mm-hmm. you, you're you exposed to the general
2: public. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, there's a lot of exposure Little there. Little kids in your face sneezing and coughing. And we kind of all were, <clears> not joking, <throat> but how we hardly got sick at all during the couple of years where we were masked Masking. at work. true. But yeah, but we then... didn't,
0: same. I, you know, yeah, I didn't have any colds. I remember getting a cold right before COVID started. And I was like, great. Maybe, uh, you yeah. know what? Yeah. I washed my hands a ton. And I definitely like, because
1: I'm a nail biter. So I, you know, I washed my hands and I like kept my hands out of my mouth. So yes, I was very mm-hmm. healthy. And I'm
0: I'm a germaphobe, like hand sanitizer all the time. Wash my hands all the time, even after I pressed the buttons on the thing, which I didn't do because you were in the car. But I hand sanitized afterwards because your gate code was or it was closed. Oh, so. oh my gosh, I didn't even notice. That. <laughs> no, I didn't because you were. Oh, you, I, okay. I was like, I'm not gonna be weird today.
1: Okay. <laughs> Wait. So going back to milestones. So okay. we talked about. So by three ish, they should have something like fifty ish to a hundred words. No, that's eighteen months. Oh, eighteen months. All right, eighteen months, fifty to hundred.
2: Mm-hmm. So th- then, what's the next one? Like age. So three, then two, two. So around two, we want you to start putting two words together, like mommy chair. Or eat pizza, eat cookie, want, whatever. Um, As kids develop more vocabulary, then they start stringing the words together. Um, So by two, uh, we are looking for those combinations to start to come in. Okay. Um, So really, those are kind of the main milestones. Once you're past two, if you're kind of like, well, my kid's still not combining two words together. That's a red flag. OK. Um, but even like moving towards three, we want kids to start being able to kind of tell you about what happened. So if they went to school that day, they could tell you like what craft they did or what they had for lunch. Um, Or if you guys went to the zoo, then they and then dad came home, and he was able to tell dad what you did. Um, We start to look for that as you get up towards three.
0: What What about teenagers that use one word answers for everything? (laughs) And (laughs) does eye rolling count as a as a language? So
1: that would be a gesture, oddly (laughs) enough. But yeah, there you go. Yeah. Well, and I think so for for age for I think you made a really good point about COVID, which is kids that are three and under were born into COVID. Mm -hmm. And so they did not have the same social interactions that the rest of everyone else in this country had. So it would almost be weird if they were totally on track, right? Like it's it's probably a good idea for your kids in that three and under age range to at least get them – You know, if you think your kid's behind, you listen to any of these, like Mm -hmm. these milestones and you think, ah, my kid's not really there. It's not that there's something wrong with your kid or whatever, but like, let's, let's get them some, um, let's get them some support Yeah to help them b- bridge that gap that, mm-hmm. that they have. Yes. Yeah, right. and we'll you know? try
2: to recommend things like if you can, like the library has free story time. And so you go toddler story time and there's a bunch of other kids there or like musicology or like the the little classes, Gymboree, those kinds of things. If parents are worried about putting them in school, those things at least will get them out and interacting in a group. Um, so we try to k- encourage those kinds of things. Good. But, but it's even interesting because um, one of the things that we look at on our toddler testing when we're looking at different gestures and things is, does the kid either like push a stroller or push a shopping cart? Like they have the understanding of like, I'm supposed to do, you know, hold it and push it. And a lot of parents will be like, well, they've never been to a grocery store because because COVID. Yes. Was no- yeah. Right. So, I get it. Yeah, I still don't go to the
1: grocery store. I, yes. I ba- Barely. Yeah. I just I order and pick uh-huh. up. Me too. Yep. I order and pick up. Okay. And then wh- work with teenagers. What kind of work are you doing with tweens and teens?
2: Yeah. So we do a lot of um, what we call executive function work. So uh, basically executive functions are being able to take all the different strategies and skills and knowledge and apply it. So we see a lot of difficulty with... Um, ADHD with executive functioning, so being able to initiate a task or persist and finish a task or organize yourself for a task, um, time management, a lot of those things. So we'll do a lot of work for strategies for executive functions because it's so intertwined with language. Um, But a lot of times we're also working on things like narrative structure. So as they're getting into high school, they have to start writing essays. And if they can't even tell you a story, how are they going to then organize our thoughts and formulate them. So we do a lot of work with that. Um, sometimes they still have R or S and they, they need help with that. Okay. Um, do, you work, do you help children who have lisps? Yep. Okay. That would be like the S sound, the okay. interdental S. Um, I just lost my train of thought.
1: That's okay. Mm-hmm. We do it all the time.
2: Yeah. I do too. And yeah.
1: usually we have yeah. some Prosecco. That yeah. we will that we'll yes. suck down, but you two are day drinking we too, too were, much prosecco. And yesterday. we weren't even together.
0: Usually we day drink great together too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: and I have a seven mile hike. So I
0: know I can't
1: believe I have a seven mile hike. I don't know if I can do a seven mile hike.
2: It's really nice out though.
1: It is, but I did Black Mountain yesterday, and that is that is a hard mountain. I took my friend Tina, who's in great shape. She's from Seattle, <laughs> and we've got like I don't know, like I don't know, two hundred feet up the mountain, and she was like. This is called mountain climbing, not <laughs> <laughs> hiking.
0: Not hiking. Well, I call the um, Pacachua Peak, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, Stairmaster from Hell. Like when you go to oh, the yeah. backside of the mountain – have you hiked that one? Yes to peak? hmm Oh yeah. I
1: haven't I haven't done that in years. Me neither. We're talking because about it. Because we used to
0: hike that. camelback all the time. I used I to I still hike haven't in, like, been hiked camelback. Oh my gosh. I we used to hike that when I was like after work. Um like twice two or three times a week. We were hustling up and down with some of my girlfriends and I at work. I miss those days actually. I have but- to tell
2: you about camelback. So I ah. used to do it too. And yes. then so I had um an emergency appendix surgery in October. Oh god. And so I've had a hard time coming back, like exercising wise from that. So I used to do Camelback all the time. And my friend who is younger than me and in great shape was like, well, let's do Camelback together. And I was like, okay, no problem. I think I made it maybe a quarter of the way up. And first of all, I think that they rerouted the trail. Yes. Blame them. To make it harder. Blame them. (laughs) And um, uh, yeah, little kids were like running by me up the mountain. Camelback is one of the hardest hikes. And it's one that the tourists always... Want to do? on and I know. Have to get airlifted off. And I was at um,
1: I was at a wedding, and it overlooks Camelback, and I watched yeah. a helicopter rescue. <laughs> <laughs>
0: was that at the not the not recent. Mar not oh, Mari's? Okay, the other one. Okay,
2: yeah. Um, so I thought I was going to have to be airlifted off. So, anyways, s- well, it's Camelback. The the one thing is,
1: the older I get, the more I realize that if I if I do something consistently. I can do it. Mm-hmm. If I don't do something consistently, mm-hmm. it is really hard.
0: Well, you know? but then you just have to build it up. You know what I mean? To- well, this is
1: the first time I hiked Black Mountain because we're doing Rim to Rim. It's the first time I hiked it. And I'm like, I can do this. I can do this. That's awesome. But, it,
0: but like
1: it used to, you know, when I was in my 30s, I'd be like, oh, I've only trained for a half marathon, but I can run a full marathon. <laughs> and I would,
2: <laughs> you know, like, but at 48, it's like, Ooh, Are you wearing like a heavy pack when you're hiking right now or? No,
1: because I'm not going to really bring – for rim to rim, it's one day. So I'm literally going to – I'm going to wear the same clothes. (laughs) Like I'm not packing. I'm going to throw away the toothbrush. Like I am going as light as possible. So do you you camp overnight? There's a hotel you stay in. Oh, okay. And then you leave Uh. like first thing in the morning. And then you hike down and then across and then back up. Mm. So the back up, I'm a little nervous about. Yeah but and i think it's like 22 or 24 miles
0: is but, that the angel bright trail
1: i think it does go by there i mm-hmm. don't even know yeah. i and honestly i would be kind of on the fence except now uh, my friend shenya's doing it with me mm. and so I don't feel like I can back out. (laughs) I feel like I could back out on my other friends because they all know each other, but Shenya doesn't know them. I'm the only bridge to that group. Uh, And if I'm like, Shenya, I can't do it, I think she'd be like, um...
0: You can do it.
1: I'll do it. It's fine. You're fine. I've also, like, figured out it's a thousand bucks for the helicopter to come get Ah! you. (laughs)
0: Um, I was going to say, I had
2: friends that did that, and they decided they didn't want to hike the back upside so they paid the helicopter to just come get them come get them right so i'm like okay worst
1: case scenario (laughs) like i could do that yeah i could do that i don't (laughs) want to do that
2: could be worth it
1: (sighs) anyway so Mm -hmm. anything else people oh so with teens Mm -hmm. it's so it's it sounds like it's more than just speech yeah there's a whole it's about integrating speech at that mm -hmm.
2: point
0: communication communication yeah okay
2: um, and a lot of times the kids we get are, uh, um, children who would never qualify in the schools for therapy because their scores are just below average, but they still clearly need help. And so w- we'll get those kids who need- fall in between the yeah, cracks. Exactly. Yeah. So bottom line, if you've got a mom gut
1: feel or a dad gut feel, it's, it's worth it. Just yeah. it's, this, this isn't, this is not a heavy lift. This is not a commitment for the rest of your life that mm-hmm. is this is not a diagnosis that will you know follow your kid for the rest of their lives and ruin it. This yeah. is not you know, this is about getting your child support, especially if they're in that you know three and under age range where like they, they were they're already at a, a deficit. They're already yeah. at a disadvantage because of naturally what happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah So anything else you want to add that people should know? Can't
2: think of anything else. We covered a lot of ground.
0: This we is did. like the
1: most. This is the most like researchy, scienty. I know. Usually
0: we're like googling it. Yeah. Usually we're like. Well, I don't know. What do
1: you think, Cat? I don't know. What do you think, Nick? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we don't really have like yet, or you know. We, well, when we have guests on, guests, we'll guests usually level us up. Yes, they do. <laughs> it's fun. So thank you for leveling us up. Of course, anytime. Should we still <laughs> share like one good thing? Yes, I know we we said no mom hacks because it goes too long with the with the guest.
0: Okay, so can, can I go first? Yeah, Go first. <laughs> so you know, I t- actually my last good thing on the last podcast and podcast was podcast um, podcat, podcast. Right? <laughs> Freud says there are no mistakes. I know. So um, my I said my husband has a prize for me. So he ended up buying us tickets to go to NASCAR, which was so freaking fun. So funny. I was dying because he said that I'd been talking a lot about race car driving and stuff when I was younger because my dad used to race cars. And then one of my best girlfriends from like 10 until, you know, I don't know, 14 or so, her dad would take us to the Spanaway Speedway all the time in Washington. And we had watched the Crazy Eights and all the stuff. And Dale's like, and Crazy Eights is my favorite because, you know, they're trying not to crash into each other. So he's like, you just been talking a lot about it so I just figured why not buy tickets oh, and I was like that oh. was so awesome and it's so exhilarating listen to the cars go by and, um we and so Dale bought earplugs for everybody and I would listen I would put I put one in but I liked hearing it and I liked feeling the Rumble of the whole thing and I was like I want to race a car now Dale <laughs> it was so much fun so now they're coming back do you in know November. they have that at Barrett
1: Jackson they do so at Barrett Jackson you have like a there's like an ex, like the race car experience oh where you get in a car with an, an actual race car driver and they drive you around like the test tracks. yeah it's amazing that would be awesome see I didn't do it because I was like nope yeah I'm not I, mean, I don't a know
2: not <laughs> Plan ahead for next year. Yeah, yeah Bear know.
0: Jackson next year. Okay. You we're going. So then in November, they're coming back. And I'm like, we need to rent a camper. We're going to camp out there. We're going to go to the Just, take, them, just take Perry's I know, RV. Yeah, Dale They talked about that. I will have to ask Aww. Perry. But I'm super excited. Because I was like, and then we had, so we were talking to Paul. I don't know if you guys know Paul the Wine Guy. Have you met Paul the Wine Guy? Uh, Desert Rock Winery. We've talked about it before. In Air Park? Yeah. I've met him. Okay. Yes. Oh, yeah, we went Cause there. I have gone there.
1: We went there before. And I've, I've gone there.
0: Yeah. So he actually, there. they have a whole spot that they've camped out for, you know, and he was like, come on down. And I'm like, I'll be on a scooter, scootering down to your little place. <laughs> it'll be fun i love it um, you guys it. have to come out for the day or, all right you know? well and
1: it's super thoughtful that dale did that
0: yeah you know so that was a really great thing dale you're not
1: a fucker after
0: all <laughs> even though Kathleen calls you that she, all the time it's an inside joke <laughs> it's,
1: it's not even a joke dale she says it she said it before we even started today yeah <laughs> no. so jenna do you have one good thing um or i can come up with one Will you think of one yeah Okay, so my one good thing is my 16 year old son is getting his driver's license today and I'm officially off the driving duty off of driving duty. So I remember
0: when Jack got his driver's license and remember, you were like, this is the last time and we were weepy about it because our kids because it's always the first and the second one, you're like, go. Although I did get we so I have to wake up at like, you know,
1: 5 a.m. and drive Sam to um, football conditioning every morning. And he's like, mom, after next Sunday, you're not going to have to drive me anymore. And I'm like,
0: Aww. he's like, aren't you?
1: And I'm like, I know, but I, it makes me kind of sad. He's like, no, it doesn't. And I'm, <laughs> like, I'm like, all right, well, but it does make me a little sad that like that time in my life is over. And it's, you know, he'll talk to me and right, we'll yeah. have conversations. So yeah, it is a little like, wah, I know. Um, but I'm not weepy. Um, oh my God, it's so funny. So Jack and I got into a huge fight. Just speaking of weepy, because I've talked about this on the podcast before. I feel like when people cry, they're trying to manipulate me. <laughs> so, <laughs> so silly. So wrong. <laughs> and so Jack and I got into a huge fight on Friday. I won't go into it, but he ended up apologizing and he cried. Mm-hmm. And um and so Peter and so but I I still like took his car away. And um so Peter at dinner was like Hey, not for nothing, but like I think Jack really like learned his lesson. Or whatever he goes, I know he's like, and those were real tears. I know how you feel about tears, and I, <laughs> and I even cute. said to him, "I'm like, don't, don't manipulate me." But anyway, I gave him back his keys. Um, he was really sad um
0: well he, anytime we take that you know before it was like i'm taking your phone away now you're like i'm taking your car away yeah actually i'm taking my car away okay from <laughs> it. That, that's what dale says dale's <laughs> like quit calling it brooklyn's car it's our car she's just driving it right right like, good point um but that was not
1: the one good thing my one good thing is that i'm off driving duty officially it's and it is actually feels
2: good a it. little like
1: a little a little sad but mostly yeah. good yeah mm-hmm.
2: All right, Jenna, what's your okay. one good thing? So we were just in Hawaii for spring break oh and God, I uh, love it. we all, um, our favorite part of the trip, one of them was laying in bed at night and watching the office. So our son's finally old enough to like start to understand the humor. Oh my so now God. we've decided to start at episode one. It's like me and my husband's favorite show. Start oh, episode one too. with our son and like each night watch an episode of the office. Oh so my God. If your son cute. loves
1: that. So Sam did that. Sam okay. watched the office all the way through and I think it took him like a whole year <laughs> and he watched it when we were it we went to like um San Diego for um for the for part of the summer and then he was like on the my dad used to take him on like road trips and they were going to like South Dakota or something and every night Sam would like plug the office in uh-huh. my dad's like and my you know Sam's like you know twelve or whatever but now you know what he's really into so after your son well how old's your
2: son he'll be nine and Next month.
1: Right? All right. I might yeah. you might need to wait on this one. But he's really into John Ulver, the it's like oh, the last week. Or, last oh, week yeah. tonight or something yeah. like that. And I
0: don't know that show.
1: Yeah, I didn't either. But we watched it the entire time we were in Ireland. <laughs> like every night I'm like, okay. So it was his new office. So if he likes that Cute. humor. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, ladies, this was highly informative, Jenna. Thank you yes. so thank much. Because I think this information really is gonna help women and men Mm -hmm. and parents that, you know, might be feeling, you know, is, is this something, is this not something? I mean, I think the message is if you think it's something, just go ahead and get it looked at. Mm -hmm. There's no downside. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And the upside is maybe you're just, you know, taking your kids to play dates and having them watch some YouTube videos. Mm-hmm. No, just joking. But <laughs> All, right, All right. So at the end, we always say cheers. cheers. Oh, let me get my water. And <laughs> cheers. Press and, press and, press and hold. And press and hold. All right. Thanks ladies. Thank you. Thanks everyone. Bye. And-